0: Welcome to the Sharpen Leadership Podcast with Pastor Ricky Temple. This podcast is designed to sharpen your leadership skills and improve the quality of your life at home, at work, and in ministry. Enjoy today's podcast with Pastor Ricky Temple. Hi, this is Pastor Rick. So glad you're with us today. We love these podcasts, and I want to share a message with you we shared in church the other day that was phenomenal. You know, there's been so much talk about the challenges we've had with police abuse and the death of black men, and it's just been a firestorm around the country. And there's a message I shared called What to Do When a Community is Offended. It's a great teaching, a great time of open discussion and Q&A. You will love this. It's a two-part podcast. The first part is the message I shared in church on a Sunday morning recently and a follow-up time where we had Q&A. You will love this. So sit back, enjoy these podcasts, and I pray they help you understand what to do when a community is offended. I want to, if I can, begin by talking about something that's really important today. And there's been a lot of talk in the media, and there's been a lot of discussion about some things that are deeply troubling and concerning. And so I've kind of pinned some thoughts. I want you to repeat with me, if you would please, this very simple um, statement that I think is more of of a question that I want to answer. And I want to use a word that I think helps kind of soften the landing a little bit. It's a word that we all understand. Repeat this with me, please. Say, what to do when a community is offended? That is the question. The word offended is a word that we can all relate to. And I want to just preface this by saying our community and, nation, and the nation have been filled with talk of abuse of power by law enforcement and private citizens over the, after the death of several black men. Trevon Martin in Sanford, Florida, started a firestorm of conversation when he died following Michael Brown in Ferguson, Missouri, recently, which is a suburb of St. Louis, raised further questions, and recently, Eric Garner's death in New York, and someone called me in the break and reminded me of a young boy who was uh, 12 years old in Cleveland who was shot. I believe that um, in this time when these things happen, You have a lot of questions. Our church is full of police officers. We have a lot of police officers here. Some you know are, some you don't know. They work. Not only do we have police officers here, we have people who um, work for um, other government agencies who protect us in covert ways, overt ways. We have a lot of military people here. We have a lot of people here who have dedicated their lives to protecting you. What really touched me was after this last teaching, one of the young men came up to me who was dreaming all of his life to be a police officer, and he said, you know, I question my choice now. Should I, after all of this? And I looked at him, and I said, don't you dare give up on your dream. Don't you dare surrender to the idea that you can't. Don't you dare surrender to the idea that that this somehow taints your possibilities. It's easy to say things, and sometimes we don't realize how it affects the people who sit next to us. Everybody has a family and everybody wants to go home. But there are times when a community says we're offended. The same way that a wife would say to a husband, I'm offended. Same way that a brother would tell another brother, I'm offended. I like the way you said that to me. I like the way you handled that circumstance. And it's learning how to enter into that conversation and make everybody feel safe. It's learning how to possibly balance that. There's a statement made by a guy named Lord Action. He was 53 years old. He's a uh, British historian, politician, moralist guy. And he penned a statement in a letter in 1887 to Medell Crichton, a bishop. And in that statement, he said, absolute power corrupts absolutely. He said, power tends to corrupt. And absolute power corrupts absolutely. There is a balance of power that has been created, and is smart. It's a wonderful thing. It helps us. It, it's not always easy. And it creates a rub. If you could take your hands and rub them together. Come on, rub your hands together. That friction can be challenging. Republicans and Democrats not agreeing on everything. Men and women, young and old, but learning how to back up when there is offense is one of the most important disciplines. Learning how to say, whatever we're doing, whatever we're doing, we need to think about ways that we can not offend. And so I want to give you four, four things that the Bible says about offenses that may help. Four things that may help. Four things. First of all, we should care when our brothers are offended. Sit that with me, please. Come on. We should care when our brothers are offended. Matthew chapter 5, verse 23. Matthew 5, 23. And I I, I probably will post these notes. I didn't post these. Normally I give you the notes, but I'll, I'll make sure I post these later on for you. We should care when our brothers are offended. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar, the Bible says in Matthew 5, 23, and you have to understand in this culture, when they brought a gift to the altar, they were bringing a sacrifice, a lamb. So if you're on the way to the temple to offer your lamb as a sacrifice and you bring your gift, or you come into church, and you remember that, that your brother, Sam, George, Susie, May, whoever it is, has a odd against you, they think you did something to them. Here's what he says, leave your lamb at the church, leave your gift at the altar, leave the church, and go back and be reconciled to your brother. Make an effort to show concern when people are offended. Don't defend yourself right away, let them be heard, and give them the right. More families could be healed if we just allowed people to be offended. You get an attitude, no, I'm offended. Well, tell me why. It's the way you said it. It's where you said it. It's how you said it. How do you think a kid feels when you go on the job, on the school, and yell at him in front of his friends, or grab him? I mean, how would you feel? Admit that there are times when we can offend each other and may not mean to. And sometimes the offense can be, can have dire consequences. But it's right for people to be able to say, I'm offended. Secondly, we should have an opportunity to speak when we're offended. Matthew chapter 18, verse 15. People should have a right to speak. In Matthew chapter 18, there's this whole conversation about when you're offended, how you resolve a conflict. That's a process. Here's what he said. Matthew chapter 18, verse 15. Moreover, if your brother sins against you, first of all, go and tell him. Don't keep it to yourself. Don't hold it in. Don't tell people, don't mute people. Don't ever make it sound like you should be muted. I don't believe that people should riot and destroy property and, and fight and, and resort to violence, but I think people should have the right. And, that's, and, and they should be responsible in the way that they approach the things that offend them. They should be careful what they say, they should be careful how they respond, especially when it can influence other people. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him. His fault between you and and him alone. Notice, the goal is hopefully we can work this out privately. Hopefully we can just talk about this. If he hears you, you've gained your brother. But then thirdly, remember, sometimes we don't agree. And here's the third thing. We should have the right to appeal. We should have the right to appeal if we still feel wronged. We don't want anybody to have absolute power where there can never be any question beyond the first conversation. So number one, we should care when our brothers are offended, Matthew 5, 23. Number two, we should have an opportunity to speak when we are offended, Matthew 18, 15. Verse 16 says, if he will not hear you, take with you one or more, one or two. We need counseling. We may need arbitration. We may need somebody to get between us. We may need to lay out all the facts, and here's what I said, here's what happened, and you look, look at all the facts, all the pictures, all the images, that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every, mouth, every word may be established. And if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. But if he refuses even to hear the church, then let him be to use the heathen and the tax collector. But notice there's a process before we get to the bad conclusions. There's a hear each other season. Where you interact and talk. We must give people a multi step process to resolve our conflicts. That is nonviolent. And they must not feel bad for having that view. Sometimes the rub is a good thing, sometimes the tension, the challenge changes everything. Number four, we have heaven's support when we resolve offenses. We should care, we should have opportunity to speak. We should have opportunities to appeal, and we should have support. We have God heaven support. Number four, when we resolve confidence conflict. Matthew 18, 18 makes a great statement. You've heard this verse. I preached a series on it not long ago, but here's what it says. But surely I say to you, whenever you bind, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whenever you come together as a group and you bound something, you, you agree upon something on earth, heaven supports you. Whatever you loose on earth We'll be loosed in heaven. Heaven supports you, whatever you come to. He likes you to come together, resolve your differences, resolve your you know, offenses, and heaven supports the decision. Verse 19, again I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, notice the, the power of this, if two of you can agree on anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered, keyword together, in my name, he shows up. God shows up when we unite around an, an offense issue when we invite him into the conversation. Lord, we don't agree. I have been wronged. I don't agree with the way this is happening. He supports that. But there's a question that I might ask you. Can laws, people in authority, and procedures offend us? Again, can laws offend us? Can people in authority offend us? Can a procedure that's been implemented on your job that was intended as a good procedure, be the wrong procedure after you live it out. Sometimes you've discovered this looked good on paper, but when you put it in the street, it didn't work. And we need to retrain and reboot this computer because this isn't working. Sure, the answer is yes. Laws that supported slavery were offensive when we step back. Laws that denied women rights to to 1920 to vote was offensive. Laws that supported voter suppression were offensive. Laws that denied fair immigration rights. Maybe you don't have that issue because you're not an immigrant, but there are people who really care about that issue. And you can be flippant you can say stuff, but it doesn't apply to you. And that's offensive to somebody whose brother was mistreated in an immigration uh, deal. It, it, it's a whole nother, Another another thing. If I can take a sidestep for a minute to make that point, I've been pastoring two churches for the last few years. Part of my responsibility in L.A. was to pastor. I was the lead over the church called La Iglesia en El Camino, which had several thousand Hispanics. I had an English staff and a Spanish staff. You had to be there. You had to understand. It means nothing to you, but it's offensive to them. And it should be. Because I never had to interact as much as I had to in the last three years. I never had to be responsible for it. The church was 5,000 Spanish on the Spanish side or so, and that's like 5,000 now, five to 8,000. Two to 3,000 on the English side. And when you lead two sides, of a culture, and you, you, the world is different. And I realized that I was sometimes not sensitive. Some of my opinions had to be matured so that I would not be offensive. And sometimes we can be wrong simply because we don't know. So in conclusion, some thoughts I want you to think about. Police officers should care when society is offended. You should step back and care. Society should care when those who protect us, the police officers, are offended. Everybody should care when there's offense on both sides of the track. The news media, Must be careful to report the news and not use its vast power of influence to influence the news. The news media must be careful not to report the news and then through panels of professional people, define, interpret, and put people on trial in public. I think there's a powerful gift that God has given us, and I support the news media. I think they're wonderful. But I think sometimes we create a pile-on mindset. One report makes you so mad before you hear anything else. Jack Welch said something that I, I love. He said, when asked in business, why were you so successful at GE? He said, I, I got out of the pile. I, I stepped back from what everybody else thought and did and said, let me look at this myself for just a moment. I believe there's something that can happen if we face a bigger truth in all of this. We have family issues in this country. All that we're seeing flows from a community and from a society that's in trouble. All of us should be concerned because it could be knocking on your door. It's knocked, in, it's knocked on Savannah's door. There are moments of tension here. There are moments that we've all faced and the things we've all seen. And we don't want to see this spread because Jesus said, if we would unite, remember the verse, if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my father in heaven. But where two or three of you are gathered together in my name, I am there. I am there in the midst. I didn't answer all the questions. I simply wanted to make a point. When a city is offended, when a nation is offended, when a community is offended, we should all care. And we need to band together and find a way to peace. Well, I pray you are blessed by this talk today. Matthew chapter 18, verse 19, really summarizes it. He says, again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered, keyword together in my name, I am there in the midst. When a community is offended, when they invite God in, he makes the difference. Now, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. I want to thank you for your efforts to pray with us in our community. Let me pray a prayer. Father, bless our community. Bless our nation. Heal our nation. Heal our hearts. I pray, God, for the victims uh, during these times of challenge. With police officers, I pray for the police officers whose families are affected and those who've gone through so much anguish in the community over these issues. It affects everybody. And I pray for healing. I pray for grace. I pray for favor. And I pray most of all for unity. I pray you would be with us together as we join together to solve these issues. And where there needs to be more balance in policing, we pray that the police department would embrace that. And where there needs to be more discipline and humility and grace on the side of those of us who are are in need of the police services that we ask for. I pray that we would be responsive and can improve our attitudes. There's growth on all sides here, but I pray, Father, for justice and righteousness. You know what's right, you know what's in our hearts, but I pray, God, that this would be a safe place for everybody, that equality would be something we all feel and know exist. That a black man wouldn't feel unsafe and that a white man who is serving our community wouldn't feel unsafe and that an Asian man wouldn't feel unsafe and that a woman wouldn't feel unsafe, but that we all would be safe and we can live together in harmony. I pray for nonviolence. I pray for no riots. I pray for peace. I pray, God, that we'd all have a voice, that people have a right to speak, a right to be heard, that they wouldn't need to be aggressive to be heard. I pray that we would open the door for communication and for healing in our world. I thank you and I give you praise and glory for this time. And I pray this has helped those who've listened in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, listen, there is a part two to this, and I want you to listen to it. It's the QA session. And the QA session is amazing. And so, check out the next podcast. It's amazing. Uh, they ask me questions about this, and you don't want to miss it. So, my name is Pastor Rick. I'll see you next time. Thanks for being with me. God bless. Thanks for listening to the Sharpen Leadership Podcast with Pastor Ricky Temple. For more great resources by Pastor Rick, visit him on the web at rickytemple.com.